Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show, that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara. We're getting ready for our Halloween, our annual Halloween Tricks or Treats show. I should say your annual Halloween Tricks or Treats show. Financial Tricks or Treats. Financial Tricks or Treats. Let's be specific about okay. that. I guess you're right. Well, that yeah. Okay. This is a financial show, so I thought maybe it was assumed, but okay. Our financial tricks or treats show. Do you happen to know how uh, how many years running you have the you have this going? Nah. Probably didn't. You probably didn't. Yeah. No, no. I don't. I don't keep. We don't have a great calendar of past McNamara keep, financial shows. I don't keep track of stuff like that. Joe. Okay. Not okay. Just, just more more important. Yeah. This is kind of a, a little fun show with uh, me just kind of teeing off on a number of issues that I think uh, are important. M- most of them are financial. Some might mm, sneak into the political realm with a side comment or so, but I want to be careful about that. Okay. As you know. So, uh, okay. Yeah, you have to be that way these days anyway. So what <laughs> you, wait, you have to be political or you have to avoid it? Well, it's somewhere <laughs> in the middle, I guess. I don't know. Uh, okay. So. Well, hang on. Let me. Uh, yeah. So, again, we're uh, live on WCAP. Um, if you want to give us a call, uh, telephone number is 978-454-4980. Again, that's 978-454-4980. So, if you're hearing us on CAP today, you can give us a ring. Uh, if you have a question, you want to shoot us an email, we do have the email open. 
open. Uh, it's questions at McNamara on money. That's questions at McNamara on money.com. All right. Alrighty. So, uh, again, we're going to cover a wide variety of subjects here this morning. Okay. Okay. Uh, and uh, I'll start off with now some of the. Wait, no, hang on. Do, do you want it? Should we start off with um, uh, the Bitcoin ETFs, Bitcoin futures ETFs trading? No, uh, that's not really our style. Did you? <laughs> well, actually, that could come into play here in a little while. Okay. okay that, that, that's for sure. That okay. was that was that was the yeah. financial news of uh, of, la of of the week here. By the way, I would classify that as a trick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to you, or when we get to that particular section of the Tricks to Treat show. All right. So, and the other thing you should know is, uh, in the first part of the show, any information that I quote, quote on from, is from the Charles Schwab quarterly report. You know, they they publish for financial advisors, you, as you know as, I, as well as I do. Yep. Uh, some quarterly information about stuff in the financial world. Uh, and uh, the bottom line uh, is that uh, that I may quote that source. I'm not making up some of the information that I'm going for. Okay. okay. Why don't you get a little closer to the mic? Yep. Okay. I, can't, I think I'm a little louder than you are. How am I doing like that? There better, we, Cindy? That's better. Much better. Geez, I can't blow my nose now, Cindy. You're good. Okay, <laughs> if I can go from there. All right. So, so, and sometimes I reverse the order. So here we go. Treat. All right. We are being treated to very low interest rates. Okay. You okay with that? Yes. Now, some people are being treated to them, and others aren't being treated to that, obviously, but it kind of depends. If you, have a, if you have a mortgage or a loan, you're probably happy about low interest rates, but if you're a bondholder or a saver, okay, you're, you're not happy about low interest rates, okay? Uh, and, and so the trick is that bondholders and savers are in trouble and have been in trouble okay, for a, f a few years. I w and I'll try, as we go here, I will try to give some updated information. I have uh, the 10-year treasury rate. Yeah. Uh, I have it at 1.68% this morning. Uh, I have it at one point. Two, you, you, the yield. I have it at one point two on Yahoo News. Was oh, that right? No, no, that's a five year. I apologize. One point six five, close enough. Okay. okay. So, so you can lend your money to the United States government for ten years, and you can get a whopping one point. Let's round it off seven percent. Okay, on your money, uh, and we'll get to talking about inflation and uh, taxes in a little while. But the bottom line is that for the last uh, almost ten years now, eight or ten years, interest rates have been pretty darn low, and for the last five or six or seven, really low. And I don't know when that ends, but you know, if, if you were used to living off your CD interest, or if you're used to living off your, your treasury interest or your money market fund rate interest, uh, you've been kind of wait, you know, being <laughs> yeah. punished for that with, with low interest rates. I do have, I do, I did pull up the 10 year. Yeah, uh, yeah 10 years ago, it was at 2.06 and yeah. it's fluctuated. It did get up. I don't think it's, has it even hit three? Yeah. It's barely touched three in the past 10 years uh, and it's been down uh, sub one at times as well. So yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, it, it, we, we have been, I feel like we've been talking about this for, uh, you oh, know, ten, for, eight, yeah, five for, or 10 years. For a decade now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and, and uh, who, who knows when they go up? It, it doesn't look like they're going to move anytime soon, but stay tuned. Yep. But anyway, uh, yeah. And so folks, if you, if you don't like that, like 1.7% on the 10 year treasury, 
Well, if you bought a 30-year treasury, you could get 2.1 these days. Ooh. Whopping, whopping return, huh, my son? Okay, so anyway, uh, unfortunately, folks who own bonds for income, right? we, we, we kind of own them to offset the excitement of stocks in our portfolios. But unfortunately, if you're depending on your bonds for income, folks, these are lean times, and that certainly applies for savers as well. By the way, the, uh, the uh, 13-week treasury... My son, yeah, is at zero point five percent. So that's five one hundreds of one point zero five. Yeah, point zero point zero five. Yeah, that's yeah, the point zero five. So, just uh, who knew? And I kind of given the circumstances. Yeah, we've. I mean, we've been spending time. You know, we we plan for income. I mean, I, I I don't know that it's totally accurate to say that we don't rely on bonds for income, right? We do. You know, we do yeah, mainly a take bit. a total return approach to investing, where we're using appreciation from from portfolios to to help generate income. But yeah, we have been dealing with that. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's more difficult now and really for the better part of the last 10 years to generate income from a portfolio and just sort of be, you know, be, be live off the dividends person, yeah. right? Oh, you know, my, my portfolio yield's going to be three and a half percent. So I'm just going to take that and I can leave my capital alone. That, that's been a difficult game to play for a long time. And again, pro- probably for the foreseeable future anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that'll continue to be the yeah, case. I mean, yeah. in the bond world, if you get Let's use one and a half, or maybe even two. Yeah. And dividends in the stock world, most of them are like one, one and a half. So if yeah. you run the one and a half or two range with stocks and/or bonds, okay, uh, how many people can just live on one or two percent of their retirement portfolio for income? And the answer is not many. Not By a lot. Way, yeah. Not a lot that we know, given the circumstances. So the the trick is that you have to get some growth in your portfolio and use that to augment these low rates and. That means owning some stocks, whether you like it or not, folks. So we we'll just kind of leave it alone. And just by way of comparison, yeah. so so for for from the ninth from ni- just about 1970 to the year 2000, the 10-year Treasury was was almost always over six percent. Yep. yep. So a six percent coupon on a 10-year Treasury. Uh, that you know, starting in 2000, it started to drop below, and by the time we get to 2010, uh, we're sort of in in this the ballpark that we're in now. So it's been a long time. We've been doing yeah. this for a while. It's not news, but it but it does you know it's certainly more it's certainly easier to build an income portfolio it, if you it, got a five percent bond in there. It's not news, but it is a trick. Yeah, okay? <laughs> yeah no, that's right. No question about that. Yeah. So and folks, the the conclusion that one would draw from here from an investment point of view is that. Hopefully, you're comfortable whatever percentage of stocks you have in your portfolio, and maybe you might need a little bit more to kind of make up for what, you know, if you have an 80% bond portfolio, folks, I think you're in rather large trouble for the rest of your life trying to get income from it and be okay. Yep. That's another story. Okay. Yeah, and, and, you know, just because we sit and meet with a lot of clients, you know, the the difference between someone who's been you know, primarily equity over the past decade versus primarily fixed income. It's, you know, there's not, uh, I know the historical numbers say, oh, you might earn 5% in in your bonds and 10% in your stocks, but the the differences have been a lot starker over the past decade or so. So it's it's harder and harder to just sit on your nice conservative bonds. The translation, folks, is stocks are good and you should own some. Well, (laughs) the the percentage At least they have been, right? Yeah. Yeah, The percentage is a question mark. Yeah. All right. Next. Now I'm going to step into a little bit off the pure financial road here. Treat. We are being treated to very low interest rates. That sound familiar? Yeah. Okay. But here's the trick. There are <clears throat> some folks in Congress who think 
that this means we can spend ourselves into oblivion and not have to worry about paying much on the money that we borrow. Okay. No, no response to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I don't know, we, we don't always agree on... Uh, on political issues, I, I mean, you you can make a, a fairly good case that it's, it's a financial issue. There's some some folks want okay, it's a financial yeah. issue, right? Some folks want to print money and borrow as much yeah. as we can and not not ever worry about it. On top of what we've got, that's all. Yeah, I mean, I think again, I think both of us would agree that that probably not living uh, in debt as a country yeah. is is a is generally a bad thing. Yeah. Although you know, when you do have the if you're going to borrow money, borrowing it at low interest rates is better than borrowing at high interest rates. I guess so. I'm, I'm I was sort of sympathetic to the hey we need to do infrastructure and uh, if we pay for it right now we can you know we can do it with uh, you know with with is- issuing debt that's going to cost us two percent as opposed to if we have to do it in five years and interest rates yeah. have gone up because inflation's gone crazy I mean I was sort of sympathetic uh, to uh, that uh, argument me too depending yeah. on how you define infrastructure and what else you tap right. on the bill right oh yeah, now Basically. we're getting into yeah, it yeah, but, yeah. But, <laughs> okay I simply said there are some folks in Congress oh sure yeah you yeah. can identify it I guess by party but that's how it, it, that's how it is. Okay. Can we though? I don't think we can. Well, I think no, I think they all well, pretty much are don't care about the yeah, deficit anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Once when you're not in office, you're very fiscally responsible, and you talk to people about saving money and right. all that stuff. But when you are in office, you spend it like it's going out of style. It's that's right. Or or in in one case, you cut taxes to to raise deficits, and mm-hmm. in one and in one case, maybe you you spend to raise yeah. deficits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So treat. The government is giving money away to just about everybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and by the way, that's uh, because interest rates are so low, I guess, or because we think we should or whatever. And again, I understand we've had a, a COVID disaster here for the last couple of years. And to some extent, the government has to support people in the economy. I'm, I'm fine with that. But at a certain point, that becomes silly. And maybe there are some negative consequences to giving money away and making it free. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Again, there's there's certainly there are winners and losers in all this. Right. So, yeah. you yeah. know, you you're your savings account is a loser, right? I've, I've been answering the question, hey, is there any place I can go to get interest on my savings for, uh, you know, for the better part of 10 years now? Nope. Um, but on the other side of it, we've had folks who are able to, you know, to to buy houses that uh, and, and have relatively uh, modest payments on it. I'm looking at the 10-year, I'm sorry, the 30-year mortgage rate as of right now. And again, my um, this may be sometime last week. I have 3.05%. That's like some, yeah. that's a national average for I the 10-year. I heard a year. promo coming in that they just dropped below three. So right around yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which again, I mean, that that can be a great thing. It's you know, there are there are a lot of us who own homes, whose whose values are now up in probably in large part because it's so cheap to borrow money, and that you know means that people can afford more house, and that pushes the prices of houses up. So yep. again, winners and losers. Um, yep. On on every one of these. Although you know, is it long term? Is it sustainable to do this forever? Does the does the eventual uh, does the eventual crash that happens when it, when rates do go up even worse the yep. longer this goes on? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, but we'll probably. See. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so by the way, so the treat, government's giving away money. The trick is that, like, beyond a certain point, there are some folks uh, that might be encouraged to be dependent upon government, uh, feel entitled, or lack motivation to work. That's just a broad, generic comment. Uh, you know, I, I think it's important for the government 
to, to cover us when we have bad times and then get their nose out of it and let us try to work on our own motivation and our own success go, going forward and our own dependent independence going forward. It's, you know, we, we, we got to this country by, you know, doing things and working hard and being motivated. And I'm not sure how much of that's being encouraged when you're giving away money and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah no, okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Oh, I think I would. I, yeah. Okay. Good. I think for the most part, again, I know this isn't a political talk radio show, yeah. but I think we agree on the on the big broad strokes of most things. Yep. But yep. Um, you know, I would say that it's it, it maybe incumbent upon the government to um, you know I'm, I'm like a, I'm a minimum wage guy, right? So you know, if people if you don't want people to rely on the government, maybe we should try to help it so that they're so that jobs pay a little bit more and they're kind of motivated to want to work. Sure. I don't know. That's yeah. but but again, I, we both of us agree you don't want people living off the government. Yeah. Um, right. So I, I was questioning that sometimes, Jasper. Good to know. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving right along. Now we'll get to some of the unless, except me. Okay. Unless yeah. unless they want to give me some. Money. There you go. Okay. Tree. <laughs> We have been treated to low inflation for a very long time. Okay, very topical. Right? Okay. Well, the trick is that that may be changing, but maybe not. By the way, rents across the country and wages are up sharply this year, about 3.6% year over year. Okay, so th folks, this COVID mess has caused a bunch of supply chain shortages around the world. I go through the stop and shop once in a while down on Marshfield and get on the paper aisle and it's half empty in terms of stuff. You know, the, the <laughs> yeah. It's really, but we still have a whole lot of things that are in short supply and a whole lot of prices that have gone up pretty significantly. I heard the other day there in some parts of California people are paying 6 or $7 a gallon for gasoline. So, so yeah. Part, I think part of the cause for some very steep increases in prices has been the COVID and the results of some of the things that that's happened. You just wonder whether it's going to be permanent or head back to normal, you know, or, or relative normal when that thing gets worked out. So stay tuned. I mean, yeah. as best as I can read, we're still six months or a year away from the, the global supply chain kind of getting back to anywhere near it was sort of a thing. So the big question is, if, if we've been treated, okay, to low inflation, uh, very low uh, rises in basic costs of goods and services for like a really long time. Yeah. And that might that might not be the case. Let's hope it's short term. Nobody knows, but it could be it could be a serious problem going forward. It certainly was in the 70s, but then again, maybe that was a once in a hundred year kind of a thing, and we're we'll by that. I mean, hard to know. But anyway, yeah. keep your eyes open, folks. It might be a little scary. Yeah. Again, just a point of reference because I have the I have the numbers up in front of me. Yep. For most of the last 10 years, um, the inflation rate hasn't been over three percent. Right. There's you know back in 20. 2011, early 2012, it looks like it was, and that's sort of as we come out of the recovery yeah. from the Great Recession. Yep. Um, but once we hit 2013, late 2012, 2013, the inflation rate almost, you know, it was mostly in and under, two, at and under two, and you know, occasionally popped up, but never made it to three. And we now sit at 5.39 yep. percent inflation, yep. right? So it's, yep. it's it's up significantly. Again, how much of that is sort of transitory, which right. is the, the Federal oh, Reserve? Temp yeah, yeah, transitory. So it's, yeah. It sounds better than temporary. It's, uh, yeah, the yeah. Fed chair can't go up there and say, "Hey, this yeah. is temporary." He has to no. say it's transitory. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, so he, yeah, again, you know, how much of that will will uh, subside when we get rid of, when we get through our supply chain issues? If we get through them, uh, you know, probably some of it. But but again, who knows? That you know, we, we might be in a different world in in a few years. So, it has been fun, but um, we're now going we're now going pretty far backwards on our uh, on our bank savings account, aren't we? Yeah, we you should, know, at we at, sure uh, at at five percent inflation and zero percent return. Yep, yep, that yep. that could be a problem. Yeah, you know, that could be a problem. Um, yeah, people don't do that math. You know, folks, anytime you earn anything on your money, you have to subtract taxes and inflation to figure out how you really earned, uh, right. how much you really earned. And a lot of people uh, d don't don't connect that. Actually. Although no, no taxes on no in, uh, no income, though. So yeah, that's good. You point. can take yeah. that one out for now. Hey, the good news is you have no tax <laughs> yeah. bill on your money market yeah. fund, right? Yeah. yeah. OK. All right. So I, I need to explain a couple of things before I do the next trick or treat, because it's got to do with GDP and a whole bunch of other things. So we don't like get too technical on the show. So, folks, OK, uh, I don't don't know what your monthly charge card bill is, but if your charge card bill is $1,000 and your joint income with the family is fifty dollars or $60,000 a year, that's probably not scary, okay? Yep. Okay, if your charge card bill is $15,000 this month and your income is fifty dollars or $100,000, that might be scary, but if your income is $500,000, that might not be scary. So, so yep. the size of your debt, you kind of have to relate it to the size of your income before you figure out how good or bad that that ratio is. You okay with that? I'm okay with that. I'm on a roll so far yeah. here, right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay, well, by the way, it kind of works the same thing for governments, you know, and, and debt, okay? Uh, r right now, according to the Sh Charles Schwab folks, our, our government debt is 120% of our base, our income. We call our income our gross domestic product, but, yep. but but right now the amount of debt we have is bigger than our income. Okay? Uh, yep. that that the last time that happened, I think was in World War II. Okay, mm -hmm. when when we had war, when we had to spend a whole bunch of money we didn't have and borrowed it. Okay, but but you know, so so right now, okay, our government debt is bigger than its actual figurative income as measured by the gross domestic product. Short story is that ain't good, and I hope it's transitory. <laughs> how, how, how's that? Would you be okay with that? I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, by the way, there are some countries in the world where the government debt is like 150 or 200 percent of their income, and they're in deep trouble, okay, you know, if that's a systemic kind of a problem uh, going down the line. But the, the short story is, you know, people, you can't have debt beyond your income that you can take care of and make go away. And the same thing applies for a country, and I sure as heck hope we get our act squared away together, and either our debt goes down or our income goes up. To be okay with that, yeah. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, I mean, you know, if if you take a look at the, I mean, the average person, uh, you know, my debt to GDP, I'm sure up. Um, I'm, I'm probably a lot of people with their mortgages are probably around that number, but I think when most people think when countries get up too high, yeah. it's it's a potential issue anyway. Although you yeah. know, Japan's been, I guess, okay for a long time. They've had a pretty high debt to GDP, but yeah, it's 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 bad, right? Yeah, we can. 
and again, someone like you know, you can you can sit here and look at look at a country like Japan and maybe think maybe they muddle along for yeah. a long would, time. Would you want to live there? Well, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. you know things can end quickly, and then yeah. we can all of a sudden say, oh no, I guess yeah. we were wrong. You can't you it, can't keep that going forever. It's just not good, right? Okay, and, and you know, it, it, I think governments have to kind of stick to the same budgeting principles as people do. That's right. My, that's my general comment on that, and and we're being tricked about that, and and I hope it doesn't end badly here. All right, so where am I here? Okay. You know what? Uh, uh, yeah, where are we going next? Because I feel like... Uh, Cindy, are we up on a break? No, no not minutes. yet. No, no. Oh, we go at, at 10.30. I'm always... I always Cindy, just jump up and down start doing jumping jacks so we'll know that a break's <laughs> coming, okay? Or something like that. Okay. All right, so let's see here. All right, so here's the treat. The treat is that the U.S. stock market is at or near an all-time high. Unbelievable, as a matter of fact. And if people look at their financial statements every month like they shouldn't, you probably know it's been a pretty good year in terms of uh, where your money's going. Okay, so what's the trick? Well, it's going down sometime and maybe by a lot, but nobody knows when and uh, and you can't predict that sort of a thing. So, just, just, you know, I, I guess the point of that is, folks, you need to be ready for the next downturn. Okay, and that doesn't mean you guess when it is and take all your money out of the stock market. It means that you're hopefully prepared for it now with a diversified portfolio and you're not going to do anything silly when the time comes. That we, the, we're absolutely going to have a down market and it's absolutely going to be scary, just like the last one. Uh, and uh, up until yesterday, for the history of this country, we haven't gone to the end of the world and disappeared. We always get better and move on. So, it, you know, down stock markets, okay, I call Call them temporary downward movements. You notice I didn't say crash mm -hmm. or end of the world. They're a, a normal part of being an investor, uh, and, and you can't predict them, folks. But you could be prepared for them. Okay, right. You could be prepared for them by having a diversified portfolio. Let's see, stock market's down 40%. Should I be worried? Well. If half of your portfolio are stocks, that's that your portfolio is only down maybe 20%, not 40. Don't get nervous. And by the way, your bonds probably went up 10% when people lie on that. So don't look at what the stock market goes down. Look at what your portfolio does percentage-wise against that. And there's a pretty good chance you'd be less scared if you looked at it that way. But right. most people don't. I think that's a yeah. general... I mean, you, you want to be prepared for everything, right? I mean, we're now dealing with inflation for the first time in, you know, in, in 10 years or yeah. so. Ideally, you, your portfolio was prepared in some way to deal with inflation because it's always a, it's always a concern. So, you know, hopefully yep. every, uh, every new issue that crops up in the stock market or the bond market isn't something that you need to yep. adjust your portfolio to, uh, to say, oh man, I didn't know inflation was, was something we need to worry about. I better go buy some inflation adjusted yep. bonds right now, right? Yep. That's hopefully not the way you're managing your, uh, yep. your portfolio. We'll, but anyway. We'll, yeah, we'll come to that very shortly in a few other tricks and treats. Yeah, but the, 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 the bottom line, is, and by the way, folks, if you're listening to this and you've got this portfolio and you're retired and you're taking income, okay, I, I know you're worried about the next downturn, but by the way, so easy to solve. You just put two or three years worth of income aside and you can buy your way through it. All right, we're being played off as usual. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from this scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. 
And we are back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara for our annual Halloween financial tricks or treats show. We are live today uh, up in the Merrimack Valley. So give us a ring if you have any questions. Uh, 978-454-4980 if you have your own trick or treat you wanted to add or if you have a question about (laughs) about anything anything on your mind. Uh, Again, 978-454-4980 or you can shoot us an email, which uh, I am checking here as we go. Questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. All right. What trick and treat are we on? All right. Trick. We have these things called bear markets that scare the heck out of investors. All right. do. And by the way, according to the Charles Schwab folks, since 1966, when I was eight years old and not paying attention, since 1966. You were not eight. No, no. 18. 18. Sorry about that. That's right. You wish. Just getting out of high school, as a matter (laughs) of fact. All right. so, So take a guess at how long the average end of the world lasts in the financial markets Ooh. since 1960. End of the world in air quotes. Um, in other words, bear markets. Oh, I have to, probably have this on or my Or temporary downs. Take outline. a guess. The average, oh, man, 11 months. 15 months. Oh, okay. Okay, so the, so the average time it's gone down since 1966, yep. okay, is 15 months average drop. Temporary downward fluctuation. Top to bottom. Yep. Uh, 32%. Not bad. 38%. Okay. All right. So, folks, since 1966, those downtimes on average are a mere 1.25 years, a year and three months. Okay. Yep. And 38%. Of course, your portfolio went down 38% only if you had 100% U.S. stocks. So I want you to remember that, folks. But but those are the times. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so I mean, this, yeah, probably just the, in the, the S&P 500, I'm sure, is probably, yeah. probably the index that we're using here. Yeah. So here's the treat. Uh, we have always through today okay, been treated to a bull market after that bear market that got you all of your men, money back and then some. That's right. right. Average bull market since 19. Yay, capitalism. There you go. Yay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Okay, so take a guess. How many uh, How many years or months the average bull? Oh, man. This one's hard. Um, five years. 70 months. Almost, 70 months. Almost That's six years. Almost yeah. six years. Okay. And average up. Average percentage from the bottom? Yeah. 300%? I don't know. 207 Oh, 300 all right, so folks, so, so here's the math, and it's it's tough to do on the radio. So, all right, okay, if you started off at the word, I'm going to just use the averages, okay, okay for the last, uh, what, uh, 60 years, uh, 70 years, 80 years, yep. no, 60 years, yeah. If you just use the average, by the way, let's pretend yep. that you started investing at exactly the wrong time. Okay, right. and you had all your money in stocks. You didn't dollar cost average, okay, just you dump it all in didn't there. didn't do anything, okay, and then... Presto, over the next 15 months, you go down 38%. Okay? Yep. Well, here's a question for you. If you closed your eyes and prayed or did whatever you did to, to need you to stay buckled up, if you went down 38 and then up 207, are you ahead or behind? Ahead. Ahead. Okay. Should so, we do the actual math? Like, okay. We can do it. We can uh, do it. If, you, if you want to. Okay. So, folks. We'll take $100,000. So, yep. <laughs> Times 38%? Yep. That's 0.62%. You're down to $62,000. Yeah, now do 207. Times... 
to 2.07. Yep. You're at $128,000. There you go. So you're up even if you started right at the, at the worst possible yeah, time. Yeah, and if you divide that math, it'll probably be like a 4% return, not the 8 or 10, but you're not negative sort of a thing. Right. Okay, so, so, so folks, just, just think about this. Okay, if you're on this roller coaster and it goes down 38 and up to 07, then down 38 and up to 7, which way is it going? It's going up. Okay, L let me give you my old yo-yo on the escalator analogy because it's the best, <laughs> the only one I can think of, okay? Imagine you're standing by watching somebody going up an escalator and they're flipping a yo-yo. Yep. Okay, when the yo-yo is down, pretend that that's the bad market. Yeah. Okay, and then when the yo-yo goes up, that's the good market. But while the yo-yo was going up, so weren't you, because the escalator was taking the yo-yo up. And that's exactly how the stock market works. Any long-term chart of the stock market shows these bumps that go down, and then yep. there's bigger hills that go up. Okay, so folks, if you take a look at any long-term chart, okay, what's happened, thank goodness, is that every up market we've ever had has been bigger than and gone on longer than any down market and the 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 course of that that uh, trail is northeast and folks northeast is the best investment direction for an investor okay <laughs> okay by the way you can become a very wealthy person going down 38 and up to 07 and down 38 and up to 07 for the rest of your life. That's you right. just need about six or seven years at the, at the worst to get through that to be okay with it. That's right. That, that's, a, that's the waiting part, okay? So, folks, that's the way it's been. That's the way you have to understand this, okay? Uh, and we go through all kinds of gesticulations every time the world comes to an end, and people just don't, don't remember that this is like a natural thing. Well, it's different this time. We're going to do this. It's always different, but the story is always the same. We, we get the heck scared out of us. It goes down for some reason we don't understand and we didn't know about and we couldn't predict it. And then what? We figured out a way to get over it and get better and go on and that's 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 how it works that's right pardon me for being casual but if you if you've looked at it long enough and anybody listening to us who's been an investor with a diversified portfolio for the last 10 15 20 years they know they know how it works right okay P plain and simple. yeah i mean it's it's hard well again we we bash we bash the financial media all the time and media in general except for radio stations except for <laughs> yeah in, in lowell yeah. except for uh weekly yes. you know um radio shows with long-term outlooks. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it, it, it gets pretty myopic, right? Bad news sells and, and someone who's saying, oh, you know, the, you know, we're, when's the market going to stop going down is probably going to get more clicks or more views than someone who's saying, hey, you know what, this is probably going to be temporary and I wouldn't worry too, too much about it as long as your investment strategy is, is uh, you know, was, was appropriate before this bear market, right? Yeah. It's just sort of the way, it's kind of the way our, our media works and it makes it, it focuses in all the wrong places. If you're a long-term investor and understand and how the game work is boring. And so, yeah, we risk being boring on the radio show once in a while. But you know what? If you're listening to us, folks, it makes sense. So it's, <laughs> That's right. It's not as exciting, okay? But uh, it makes sense if you, if you take the big picture in and go for the big ride, as they say. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So this, this next one, I need a little explanation here. Okay. Uh, 
companies are worth what they're worth based on what they're earning and a few other measurements, okay? Okay. But sometimes a company goes for more than it's worth because it's, people get greedy and think it's going to be terrific and they could drive the price of a company beyond what it's really worth. Right. Okay. I mean, there is no... I, I understand what you mean. There really is no, you know, companies aren't actually worth anything, right? It's, it's purely a, sub, a supply and demand. They're, they're, uh, wor- they're, worth a mul- they're worth some multiple of the income and profits. That right, which have. we don't know. Which we don't know. Right. But anyway, yep. but anyway but sometimes if you, if you call it an intrinsic price or an intrinsic value, a company's probably worth about this. Yep. Sometimes people buy it up in a greedy frenzy and, and the price is actually higher than it might be worth. Yep. And then sometimes it's lower than it might be realistically worth. Right. And by the way, those are the times you make and lose money you yep. know, over the long run. But anyway, so... just Again, because stock investors are, it's not, yeah, stock investors are looking forward, right? And uh, it's not it's not a, hey, this is what it's worth right now. It's, yep. oh, here's my stock. I think it's going to do this, right? Facebook, you know, Google are, are great examples where they, they sold at high multiples and it turned out that they were justifiably yep. high, I'm sure, at, at lots yep. of times in their history because they turned out to be gigantic. I'll be on those in a minute. Which I know. Yeah, I saw those. That's Thank where you. I got my example. Good yeah. segue. Good segue. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so... So here's the trick. So there's a, a measure of the relative price of the stock market. It's called a price-earnings ratio. Yep. Okay, and it's the price of the stock to the earnings that they make. And right now, the ratio is 22. Okay. 22 it- times earnings is an average price for the U.S. stock market, according to Schwab last quarter. Okay? Okay. And by the way, the his- That's it, huh? Okay. The- yeah, and th- that's it. Yeah, go figure. And the historical price earnings ratio for the market is 16.5. Well, if an average at 16.5 and now it's 22, one could say the stock market's overpriced. Right. Okay, so that's the trick. The trick is the forward price earnings ratio for the S&P 500 right now is a little over 22 times earnings versus the long-term average of about 16.5 times earnings. That's the trick. Yep. The treat uh, is that this could go on for another 10 years. You know, m- markets have been on h- higher than above average prices for for some time. Is it going down sometime? Yes. But, f- f- you know, this market with a, with a hiccup exception last spring in 2020 because of a COVID, this market has been going higher and higher and had high PEs for the last 10 years sort of a thing. So, so yes, the market is expensive, but that doesn't mean it's going down next week. N- nobody knows the future. Yeah. Uh, and and so so the the treat could be okay that it could go on forever. Okay, well, it won't. It could go on for the next few years. The right. trick is it could go down tomorrow afternoon. So you just don't know what's going to happen. But but the point is, okay, that markets sometimes run ahead of what they're really worth and run behind what they're really worth. But if you just kind of hang on and get through those times, you're probably going to be better off than trying to make some guesses about when it's high and when it's low. Trust me on that, folks. Most people guess wrong. That- yeah, it's, it's, it's again, so the, the P-E ratio is... Uh, has changed over time, right? There, you know, there are times in, you know, it's been trending up, I think. You know, in the 80s, it was down. There were times when it was down in, you know, sub 10. Yeah. And yeah. it's been trending up over time. But if yeah. you look way back in history, back in, you know, back in the 1920s and I think early 30s, we had, you know, P-E ratios that were very, very high as yeah. well. So we don't we don't know. The problem is if, if we all knew what the P-E ratio was going to be in the future as a, as a static number, it would be easier to value stocks and there wouldn't be as much volatility. But yeah, you have to, you have to guess A, 
you know, what a stock's going to earn, and yeah. then B, what the, you know, what it should trade for based on its PE ratio, which I, makes the whole yeah. makes the whole game pretty difficult. If I knew that, I'd never tell anybody. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but but anyway, so so that's, so that's the point, folks. Okay. So don't yeah. don't get involved in that. I guess is the best way to say it. Okay. All right. So to your to your little segue later on. Okay. So the Standard and Poor's 500, 500 biggest publicly traded companies in America, yep. is overly concentrated. This is the trick, is overly concentrated. Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, and Microsoft, those five companies, yep. comprise 24% of the entire S&P 500. Okay, so the market has been steered by five gorilla-sized companies yep. that have been in the sweet spot of the world from a technology or a communications point of view. Okay, well, so that's the good news. You got 500 companies, and and five of them are going gangbusters. And by the way, the rest of them are okay, but not, but you know, but not anywhere near. Yep. Well, so the uh, you know the the treat just might well be that if those two sectors get hammered in the next bear market, okay, if twenty if five companies are responsible for a large part of the return, they can also be responsible for a large part of the drop right. the next time we have a bear market. So so there may be a trick to that, okay, uh, you know, there may be a treat. You, you might get treated, okay, to the other 495 companies. They might not go down. The big five might not go down, but the other yeah. 495 might start making money, and, and maybe we go no place, and maybe the market goes up for a few more years because of the other companies. But anytime a market is that heavily weighted, you, 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 you got to be, that, that's not hugely diversified is the best way right. to say that. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I, I know this has happened, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, as much of a market historian as I might like to be. It's but, happened I mean, this in has, the past you know, there, was the, there was the nifty 50, nifty which 50. I think it was a similar, yep. Yep. although not quite as concentrated. I mean, there, there are yep. certainly times when, when, you know, and then you, if you go back to, you know, probably standard oil and all that stuff when yep. you had, you know, a relatively small number of companies dominating large parts of the economy, it, it generally doesn't end. I yeah. mean, at some point it ends and probably poorly whether or not. Yeah, who's Standard Oil? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, at some point probably that, that party will end, I don't, although we don't know when. Yeah. It could be, you know, it could be uh, next year, it could be in five years, right. it could be right. in ten years. So and by the way, maybe those five yeah. continue to go along very steady and not grow and maybe the other 495 make a few bucks and we're hunky-dory for the next few years. But yeah. that, you know, it speaks to diversification, by yeah. the way, folks. That's and I think it also speaks, yeah, and right, yeah, so you should, yeah, owning the S&P 500 is great. Um, we we are certainly not going to sell our positions in the S&P 500. We have them for, you know, the vast majority of our investors, um, but we we certainly believe in diversification, and that's one of the reasons, right? If we get, if we get uh, if someone, if Congress starts to act all together and they start to want to break up the big tech firms, you could see a significant drop in yeah. the S&P 500, even though yeah. it's only in maybe five companies. Right. right. I mean, how 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 much, yep. how many companies are really going to be affected by you know, you know, people sort of taking aim at monopolies, right? Yep. Uh, not many, but it could it could really impact the value of your shares. So, uh, you know, overseas investing, small cap investing, also also good. Yep. Yep. Okay. Diversification is good. Uh, it uh, reduces your need to make some guesses about the rest of your life, which is pretty tricky anytime you do that. Yep. Okay. All right. So, trick. Investor sentiment is about 63. 
now. No, no, nobody, nobody knows what the heck that means. I don't know what that means. Okay, so. folks, there are people who take polls about how people feel about the stock market. Okay, and by the way, if it's about 63, there's a scale. Okay, from I don't even know what it is. I'm sure it's it's probably you know zero to yeah. 100 or something. Yeah. Like okay, that. but yeah. anyway, the, the, a score of 63 on the investor sentiment. All right. Okay, the treat is not much of one. Historically, that means there are modest market returns to come. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let me think about this. If the stock market's at an all-time high and the bond market's at an all-time high because interest rates are low, well, maybe for the next few years, you're not exactly going to kill it when it comes to returns from stocks and bonds. So that makes sense. But anyway, I, I, you don't need an investor sentiment score for me to say, you know, let's see, if the stock market's at an all-time high, do you extrapolate that for the next five or 10 years? Pro- probably not. We're going to have a hiccup, folks. We're going to have a temporary down. It's just, it's just, just always the way it is. Okay? Okay. Get over it. You can't predict it. Be diversified and try not to worry about I'm it. I'm trying to look up in the U.S. investor sentiment. Okay. What do you think? I don't I don't. Yeah, I have. There's lots. You know, there's a lot of U.S. investment investor yeah. sentiment indexes there. I don't and, know which and, one you're looking at. And let me see. So, so that's just a guess about how people feel about the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, so we're tracking <laughs> how people guess about the future. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to, well, are these companies going to earn money? How they're doing? Right. I'm also curious as to, you know, the 63 points to <laughs> points to modest investment gains. Well, I mean, I wonder if it's a, if it went higher, would we be expecting higher market gains yeah. or lower market? Probably, games, lo- right? probably lower. Yeah, yeah, it's probably one of those contrary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I, I also think it's kind of a trick that we follow how people think about the future. Oh, people are feeling pretty good. They're guessing the future is going to be okay. Oh, that's good. Okay, what, whatever. Okay, moving, moving along. Okay, uh, treat. We are experiencing very low market volatility. By the way, in the last decade, we've had a surprisingly unvolatile stock market with the exception of three months in 2020 uh, that was the covid induced bear market sort of a thing so with 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 the exception of last spring yep. i'll call it the covid hiccup that's even a medical kind of relationship does it okay. even i don't think i'm not okay. sure that has a name yet okay yeah i'm gonna call it maybe it takes us a while to name yeah things. yeah i'm gonna yeah. call it the covid hiccup anyway with the exception of that the 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 wide swings of the real ups and downs of the stock market been kind of boring for the last decade yep. relative, histor- relative to historical excitement in the stock market. So we've been treated to low volatility. Okay. The the trick is that won't last long. Some, sometime in the future, we're going to get whacked again, folks. And that's just the way it is. I mean, if you, if you look at, you know, an old bear, bull bear market chart, they yeah. used to be, yep. Yep. you know, there, there used to be a lot more reds and greens, right? Those, those classic charts where yeah. you, you know, when the market's going down, it's red, when it's, when it's coming yep. back up, it's green. There used to be, you know, it used to be red, green, red, green, red, green. And that, that, uh, it's really the cycles have extended themselves pretty significantly. I think back, I don't know, since if it's the 90s or 2000, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, that, that I think that trend can uh, can reverse itself as well. So just be aware. Yeah. F- folks, if you're, if you're starting to pick up any, if you want a macroeconomic point or two so far, we don't know the future. Mm-hmm. And if you guess you're going to be wrong. <laughs> okay, and you're going to bet with, more than likely uh, with your money, uh, and unless you and, guess that the long-term trend of, of the stock market is up. There you go. And, and so, if you make a big long-term bet that it's going up over the very long term, it gets a lot easier to prepare for that and to, and to, to take care of it. All right, 
trick. U.S. equity P.E. is high. We just talked about that. The price earnings is okay. The treat. Treat yourself to some international or emerging market stocks, okay? On, on a relative basis, the price of international and emerging market stocks, I should have made a picture of the chart, they're cheaper than the United States stocks, okay? That's why you speak to diversification in a portfolio. Yep. Okay? Yep. All right. I mean, I should say, you know, again, there's that doesn't necessarily mean that we're that, that there's an imminent reversal of recent trends of nope. the uh, you know of uh, of the U.S. being a better performer than, than international and emerging market stocks, right? I mean, those these trends can they can go on for a long time, but it's just you know all else being equal, you would you would say well, international stocks are cheaper, um, but again, it's you know it's it, we we live in a very very complex global economy, so you know maybe not all else is equal, right? Yep. People might look at the United States and say, well, oh, they, they got the they got their stuff together pretty well. It's a good place to do business and you know they're they're dominating the world in technology, so we should invest there and and you know there's a there's justification for them having a higher PE ratio. Yep. Right. That that again that's probably the case now and I, I think a good summary of what people think now, but will that be the same in five years? Again we we don't know that. We we always just assume that you know they have capitalism in lots of places and, and eventually uh, those trends will kind of reverse themselves and even out over time. But again, we, we don't we don't know the future. No, and the moment, but you should be diversified. The moment an investor recognizes that and admits it yeah. is when you become an investor. <laughs> the moment yeah. a person recognizes right. that, that's when you become a long-term investor. Okay, thank you. That was that was great. All right, well, I got to do something on this trick. Sure. That's right. I did all the work here. Trick <laughs> bonds aren't safe investments that pay high income. These are not your grandfather's bonds, folks. No question about it. Okay. Okay. And so here's the treat, and it's really not a treat, but the United States bond market, five-year return going backwards. Take a guess. I should really know this. Um, three and a half percent. 2.9. Okay, the uh, that's five years. Okay, yep, five-year return on United States Treasuries. Uh, By the way, ten years. (sighs) Ten-year Treasury. I know. Three percent. Two point two. Two point two. Okay, so folks. Hmm. If you own the U.S. bond market for the last five years, you've earned a shade less than three percent through today. By the way, if you take well. We'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Hello. Okay. All right. So anyway, so. And again, that's, that's, you're saying that's low. Yep. And yep. yeah, I think that goes back to our earlier conversation that you, you know, you, you need to pay attention to overall, ret- you know, make some guesses about the future return of assets. And, and I think we're, we're in the camp that if, you know, when you start with low interest rates, you're probably going to get a relatively low return yep. in the, in the kind of the near term future, yep. which is going to impact your potential investment strategy. Right. Yep. So, we, we're generally pro stock market exposure for, for most folks. Because even, we at, think, even at times when we have pricey stock markets, right. You don't have a choice because you don't know what time it is. Again, and every, every situation is different. Yep. That's not a, that's not a recommendation. That's but, right. I got to yep. be careful about that. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So another, Another trick, okay, we talked about the part of this earlier. A 10-year treasury pays 1.5. Well, it was 1.65, but just bear yep. with me, okay? Yep. So so here's something that most folks don't know. So I'm just going to explain the result, okay? And then you can, uh, you can take your best shot without getting too complicated here. So, by the way, if, if you go out today 
yeah. and buy a 10-year treasury bond at 1.5%. They're very close to that right now. 10-year treasury bond, yeah. okay. If next month interest rates in general move up 1.5%, your bond will drop in value 9%. Okay. All right. So if you put a if you put a thousand dollars put ten thousand dollars yep. into a ten year treasury bond, okay, over the course of a year it would pay you fifteen hundred bucks. Right. Okay. But a month after you bought that, okay, if interest rates moved up to one point five more one point five percent higher. Yep. Okay. Well, if you shrink ten thousand dollars by nine percent, your bond just became worth ninety one hundred bucks. Right. So let's see. I started off with ten thousand, getting fifteen hundred bucks a year. I look at my statement after a one and a half percent income rise. It's worth ninety one hundred, and I'm getting fifteen hundred bucks a year. Most people would call that not so good of an investment. <laughs> okay, that's right, folks. If you own bonds and interest rates move higher, the resale value of your bonds goes down. That's right. And there's no way we can spend less than an hour explaining that on the radio and everybody get a headache anyway. Okay. <laughs> could we could we explain duration though fully that way how it works? Yeah, we can. I guess, no, yeah. we could try, but yeah, no, no. Uh, I, I should All also you point know out is the result, folks. Yeah. If you own bonds and interest rates go higher, if you go to sell those bonds, you're going to probably get less than you paid for. That's right. You can you could hold your bond right in, in that example. You, yeah, you if can you hold held it for the ten years. You would get your thousand dollars back. Yeah, but let me give you a, your ten thousand. Ten thousand. But yeah. by the way, folks, let me give you a newsflash. When you got your statement, it would still say That's right. it was worth $9,100. <laughs> the pain would be there, okay, whether That's you it. sold it or whether you still owned it. Okay? So unless you want to not look at your yeah. statement, yeah. And by the way, you're going to have to have a lot of years of $1,500 to catch up with losing, okay, $900, okay, or nine, yeah, 900 okay, off the, off the portfolio value, okay? Yep. All right. Uh, moving along. Okay. Uh, trick. You cannot time the markets and get in and get out when you think that you should. Okay? Treat yourself to riding the long-term investor wave. Okay, so, all right, here's some, some kind of cool numbers. You ready for this? Ready. All right, so from calendar 2001 yep. to calendar 2020. Yep. Tell me the return of the 500 biggest companies in America. Make a guess. Per year. 13%. 7.5. Uh, okay. That time frame included the mess. Oh, 2001. Yeah, 2000, okay, in 2001. Okay, I was thinking 20, Okay, yeah, Included yeah. the mess in 2007, 8, 9. Yep. And included the COVID hiccup. Yep. Okay, so for that 20-year period, okay, Three bad bear markets, two of them the worst in a very long time. Okay, the return on the United States stock market was 7.5%. By the way, folks, when we talk to folks about owning an all-stock portfolio, we cross our fingers and hope it earns between 7 and 9. And by the way, for the last 20 years... It has earned seven and a half, sort of a thing. Hopefully, yep. hopefully that's low, but we're trying to be on the conservative, realistic side. So, all right. So, the, so the benchmark for that twenty-year period yep. is seven point five percent. Okay. Uh, Sorry, you got just a minute left. Here. Okay, I got a minute left. Okay. So, if you missed, if you were out of the stock market for the ten best days in those twenty years, yep. your return goes from seven point five percent to what? <laughs> 
3.4. Wow, look at that. Yep. If you were out of the stock market for the 20 best days in those 20 years, you go from 7.5 to what? I don't know, but give it a quick. 0.7. All right, we're getting played out again as usual. We'll be right back. 